Jersey on in the meantime and press play when the F's done I can't wait until the next day trying to stay in tune with the C's that's the best way hey there welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast thank you for making this show part of your daily routine whatever it is that you're doing right now I do appreciate you making this show a part of your Celtics life I'm John Corrales here with a special deep dive into the Brad Stevens coaching era. This is episode five. If you haven't been paying attention, if this is your first time around, episodes one through four lasted all last week. So check those out. Uh, if you want to go back on YouTube or in your podcast app, make sure you're checking those out. But today, episode five, we get into the season that just fell apart for Brad Stevens. Brad, Brad had trouble with Kyrie. The whole thing was a mess. And so we're going to get into that with Mike Dynan and Chuck McKenney. I think part of the part of the sting on the Hayward injury was it was so severe that you knew it was going to, despite all of the internet doctors and all the reports of, hey, well, when you have, if there's no tendon damage and it's a clean fracture, he could be back in nine months or he could be back in this. You know, it was a year and a half. Or, you know, really it was the second season. Like he 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 had that setback. He wasn't even close to being the same player in year two. So it's not like if he had torn his ACL or even if he had ruptured his Achilles. It's almost as if it was another type of injury he, he where there was a history of players coming back within the course of a, of a, of a calendar year. Um, we, you know, we, we, we could have counted on him, but you knew that – the, the graphic nature of the injury, the image that it just, it just was going to linger. And I think that just was, and it just brought back, you know, like I feel like too often this franchise dwells on for, for, for having a lot of positive history. We do like to, and indulge isn't the right word here, but we often refer back to the tragedies that have happened. Mm. You know? And, uh, and it's tragedies on you know much different scales, the death of players or bad lottery luck. But I feel like sometimes the Celtics, you know, as a fan base, we just like commiserate in this negative. You know, when Hayward get hurt, you're like, oh, we're cursed. You know what I mean? It's just weird how that vibe right. kind of you know cast over this this, this franchise and fan base. But um, just a just a crazy season. Well, it is. It's. It's a. It's a funny thing because it's. A, it's a franchise here with seventeen championships, but it could be. I think. I think part of what fuels it is. Well, the Lakers are now claiming their seventeen championships, which we know it's not really seventeen, but it's. You know, they're they're claiming their seventeen, and and Celtics fans are sitting there like, well, you know, if if. And you start running down all of the things. Well, if Larry Bird never hurt his back building that retaining wall for his mom, who knows what the Celtics would have done? And if Len Bias and Reggie, you know, 
uh, uh, Reggie Lewis, uh, don't die. Like you're looking at uh, the big three, you know, Bird, McHale, Parrish being able to be carried by these guys and they, they extend their careers. And if Kendrick Perkins or if, if Kevin Garnett doesn't hurt his knee and Kendrick Perkins doesn't get his AC, you start piling up like the Celtics. People start saying like, well, there's 18, 19, 20, 21. Like you start going through championships, like they're, they're a given, but you know, th- this is what people in, especially around Boston, but this is what sports fans want. They want the the championships. They, they want that, there's a feeling of personal pride when you get to put on a jersey of the team that you root for and walk around and be like, hey, my team is good. Your team is not. You know, we're not Sacramento. Ha, ha, ha. All of that stuff. Uh, but the Celtics do come out of this, this season here with that surprising run, with that challenge like, oh, wow, here's Tatum with that dunk like you said, Mike. Here's you know, Jalen Brown has his moments. Terry Rozier has his moments. You know, Marcus Smart. All of a sudden, you start saying like, "Hey, if Kyrie's Kyrie's not you know hurt, he just had to get apparatus removed from his knee, so he should be back and fine. Who knows if Gordon Hayward could come back and be fine? Then look look at you know people start to look at the positive side of things, like people like me, and say all of these other guys got their big run, and the Celtics are getting two potential stars back here this next season this 2018-19 season could be like this is the one Mike you had expectations in 2017-18 but everyone came in and said hey this 18-19 Celtics team could be deadly because of all the growth from those players that run everyone was getting their shine all of those young guys were getting their shine. Brad Stevens was probably at his highest point. He had proven doubters wrong. He had gotten his team to overachieve in the playoffs. This was the, the end of 2017-18, despite the injuries, was the highest point of Brad Stevens' coaching career. This, this is where everyone who was on the Brad Stevens side got to crow and be like, see, this guy, this guy can get the most out of his team and and watch out what's next. Yeah, but it ended up being a lot of woulda, coulda, and shoulda, you know. Um, it, just, it just all started to come apart. And yeah. It's still baffling as to how that happened. But, well, one thing we know with Hayward, after a whole season of getting medical reports, you know, every week there was some new thing like uh, he's um, picking up marbles with his toes or something like that. You know, I mean, he's he's yeah. learning how to run again, and you know, and he might be back for who knows? He might be back for the playoffs, and then he might not be back for the playoffs. And it was it was maddening how uh, the expectation was there, the hope. It was not an expectation. It was a hope that he could come back. And every time there was something positive reported about him, he got excited, and then it would fall apart. <laughs> and he never came back that whole season. Well, now the second year, you figure, okay, it's been a whole year. He had to set back like Chuck right. said, but 
it's a whole year. How long, how long does, you know, he broke his ankle. How long does it take to get better? And uh, he still wasn't better. And it's not his fault. I'm not saying he was to blame, but that's just how it worked out. And right. things started to go haywire with um, Kyrie as well. So, and, and they started out pretty well uh, that season. They were doing fine. But that's when uh, things started to percolate on the, the, in the locker room, I guess. You know, players were dissatisfied with roles right. and playing time. And why was Hayward being put into the starting lineup when he wasn't ready? Those kind of things were happening, and it uh, really affected the, uh, the results. We're going to continue the conversation after I tell you about our sponsors. If you have excessive perspiration, then you need to try Sweat Block. It's a handy wipe that you can apply. You take a shower, you wipe this wherever your problem area is, and then you go to bed. And in the morning, you wash it off, and then it can work for up to seven days. A doctor created that to solve his own excessive perspiration problem. It worked for him, it can work for you. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. If it doesn't work for you, they have a dry shirt guarantee. That means you will get your money back. So no risk to try it. Google it, try it, check it out. Rachel Ray tried it out on their show with firefighters. They applied it, went into burning buildings, did their job, came out, shirts were dry. This is your little secret to confidence. You can wear whatever you want to wear and not worry about it. So whatever you need it for, a presentation, first day in the job, new date, whatever, check it out. Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off. Go to Amazon. Read the reviews. 13,000 reviews. It's been a, a bestseller there for 10 years. So check them out. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. Then you're watching the highlights on your phone and your neighbor's best friend's login gets you the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. So I'm 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 a big believer in that sometimes the worst thing that can happen can actually be the best thing that happens, and vice versa. Sometimes you think the best thing that, that, that that's happening could actually be uh, the worst thing to happen. And in, in a lot of ways, that playoff run the Celtics made was, for all the positives that I think are legit, there are negatives. And I've said this before, that maybe the worst thing to happen to the Celtics is that they made that deep playoff run without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward. 
And, and that's because a guy like Terry Rozier has this huge run and is at the, the peak of his, his short career so far. Tatum and Brown have gotten to the conference finals, almost get to the NBA finals. And then the next season comes around and you've got Kyrie talking about, well, the young guys, they don't know what it takes. And they're like, wait a second. What do you mean we don't know what it takes? Brother, we just did it. We just almost did it. And you're telling me we don't know how it, what it takes? That rubs people the wrong way. The Gordon Hayward setback, which was a second surgery to remove the screws from his ankles, was devastating. I wrote about this when I was working at Mass Live. This was the absolute worst thing, the worst time thing that could happen because he was getting ready to go into the summer to start playing five-on-five, right, to get back in there, to get his confidence back, to go out there and start working, and then what ends up happening, he has the surgery, he's rehabbing all summer, he's not playing basketball, and then when he comes to camp, he's – he still hasn't played five-on-five. Five. Preseason basketball was the first five-on-five. Five. And now Brad Stevens is faced with a decision. He knows that the way the Celtics are going to live up to these expectations and win a championship or get to the NBA Finals is to have a healthy Gordon Hayward who's ready to contribute at 30-plus minutes a game. And he also knows the only way to get there is to play him minutes during the regular season, which is effectively going to be like a rehab. And now you've got Terry Rozier, especially. I think Terry Rozier was as big a a disruptive voice in that locker room because he's coming off that playoff run, and suddenly he's, he's behind Hayward, who... Because of that injury, he doesn't deserve to play. There were the other guys were playing better than him. And he's got Kyrie telling him things, and he's like, So so Rozier is feeling a certain way, other guys are feeling a certain way. The pressure, the expectations are on this team, and the whole thing is just as disappointing. This is as disappointing a year as we're going to find. And all of these circumstances led up to that, created this environment, and Brad Stevens had nothing. There was nothing he could do. He couldn't figure out a a damn thing. And I think the Celtics, starting at the top, were so, like, publicly they were confident because Kyrie came out on that fan night and said, I'll be back if you have me. But as the season went forward, they, they were very much catering to Kyrie in an effort to to make sure that he lived up to that promise. And that's that's not what Brad Stevens wanted to do. That's not what the team needed to, to happen. And, and this entire thing from top to bottom, Brad Stevens included, was just a gigantic mess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about uh, and criticism directed at Danny Ainge, right? Saying that he knew he had kind of like too many pieces or repetitive pieces. Um, and he probably, you know, he should have moved Terry Rozier, who kind of ascended the previous season, probably had some trade value. Um, but 
you know, I mean, the, the flip side is, hey, I got guys who are injury prone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I need to keep some insurance around. But we saw exactly what could go wrong when you have egos clashing, when you have young players fighting for their what they feel like is their um, what they're due. And some type of veterans who are like, "Hey, you young fella, you know, you're not you're not there yet." And I think, and I think this is where we started to see like Brad just, you know, this was the whole Brad can't handle, you know. This reminded us that it's a players' league, right? Despite yep. what Chris Mannix wants to tweet out, this reminds <laughs> us it's a players' league. Players call the shots. We started to get a little lots of concern with you know who Kyrie is talking to in the tunnel of All Star games. Um, all that sort of thing with the Kevin Durant. Um, so it's just, um, you know, it was just so turbulent. And what, there was that uh, Jalen Brown and, and um, uh, Morris. They had the, they the clash. It was in Miami. Right? Yeah, it was in the huddle of the game. So it, it was just, um, you know, so I just wanted to kind of throw some blame or some criticism at Ainge there because he could have done something, right? I mean, I, it's, it's hard to say now, um, you know, what what he could have, like, which player he could have moved and whether that would have you know, ultimately, you know, changed the sort of tone of the locker room and, and, and changed the Celtics' future that season. But uh, that was tough, and, it, and it, just, it just shows – it's a reminder. The NBA is so fickle. Right. I mean, injuries aside, we see it all the time where players are just like, you know what, I'm done here. I want out. Right. And or it's untradeable contracts suddenly become tradable and guys want to team up with their friends and then they're gone. And you think you're building towards something. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, what just happens? Here? What the hell just happened? Back to wrap up today's show in just a minute. First, got to tell you about today's sponsors. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me who is sitting in front of a computer all day long, just trying to make it through the day tension-free is tough, and Theragun can help. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4, whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life. It goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. It has an OLED screen and a design that makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and even the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers. So go to Theragun, try it out for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash lockdown right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash lockdown, therabody.com slash lockdown. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. What you just said, Chuck, talk about that. While uh, hearing all the about all the extensions that have been given out to the Celtics players in the past week or two, um, yeah, we got 
Rob Williams and Smart, Jace, all extended out. They're, they're all like, you know, four, four or five years. And they're all under contract for that time. And wow, we're all set. But what about, what if something happens? They change their mind. They can do what you just said, force their way out. That's what happens these days. But then, you know, that whole thing with Brad and Danny not being able to do anything about that year, I think that's when maybe among the, the, the real fans, not the, uh, not the ones that like to criticize all the time, but the fans that have faith, that's when things started to get a little rocky. Uh, for me personally, you know, like Brad and Danny, come on, what are you doing? You know, you got right. you got to do better right. than this. And you know that's Brad's Brad's um, image took a hit. It did. It did. This season. This season's tough. And I think one one moment here that really stood out to me as far as Brad's image, the the what Brad was doing, um, and how it was how he was. I don't know, reacting, handling Kyrie was that Orlando game where Brad, so the Celtics had made a, a big comeback. They were down two or something, and it was an out-of-timeout play, and Brad Stevens draws the out, comes up with the out-of-timeout play, and Kyrie's like, no, 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 let's do this. Let's change it, and Brad says, okay, so – Step one, instead of saying, here's the play, I created, I have this idea, this is what I see. Um, and look, I, I say all this knowing that coaches and players collaborate all the time and the, you know, the coaches change things in the huddle based on what players see all the time. This one felt a little different because I, I'd never seen Brad really do it or not do it so obviously. And this was the uh, – they set up a play where Kyrie starts in the backcourt. The the ball goes in – it's supposed to go into Al Horford. And Al Horford makes the play, reads what Kyrie is doing, pitches it to Kyrie either for a three or a drive or whatever, and Kyrie's going to take the final shot. Gordon Hayward's inbounding the ball, and he gets the ball, I think, to Jason Tatum on the baseline. They – the. The, the Magic defend the play. Uh, Al Horford's defended. So Hayward gets the ball to Tatum. Tatum misses. Celtics lose. And this was the the, the very, uh, I don't want to say famous, infamous, uh, Kyrie going to Hayward and saying, you were supposed to give it to Al. You were supposed to give it to Al. And Hayward after the game's like, you know, I, I got it to I got it to guy who was open. He had a, he took a shot that he could make. He didn't make it. We'll watch the film. Cliche, cliche, cliche. Move on to the next one. Kyrie was livid. He sat at his locker. I was in Orlando for this. He sat at his locker forever. It took him forever. He was the last guy out. He was back on the young guy stuff afterwards. That moment in Orlando, like all of us were in the locker room, we're looking at each other, going like, "What is happening here?" That was a bad moment, and that was, in retrospect, that was a, a bad moment for Brad, a bad moment, a, a bad moment for the team, and and this is where you start to find all of the 
yeah, the people who had made a lot of the, 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 the big proclamations about Brad Stevens, this is one where you go, Hmm, not so sure. Not so sure this guy, uh, or like, I'm not so sure that this is going exactly the way he wants it to go. I don't know if this happened before or after that moment, but th- wasn't there also the Kemba Walker game where he was going off and then that was later um, in the season. Right. Yes. In the Kyrie gave comments to the media where he essentially said, I don't know why we didn't double him or throw yep. a trap at him or something like that. Right. That was another like, Whoa, holy yep. shit. He's, he's just throwing Brad right under the bus. This was at the end of the season. I was in Charlotte for that too. That was, that was down the stretch that Kemba had a huge, the Celtics I think had a knack for, for fourth quarter collapses in, in that season. And this was another one. This was, I, I remember this game because I think Jalen Brown was cooking and, or maybe it was Jason Tatum, but Jalen, I think, I think it was a pretty, the Celtics were cruising and Jalen Brown was having a good game and everything was going great. And the Celtics got up 20, 20 something. And then Terry Rozier started taking a ton of shots. And, and I remember like, Terry Rozier just saw this opportunity of, oh, well, we're up 20. Now I'm going to go get my stats so I can, you know, when I go to become a free agent, I'm going to, you know, here's my 20-point game against Charlotte in a win. But that derailed the entire offense. Again, this happened regularly. And Kemba Walker went completely nuts, completely nuts. And, yeah, that after the game, Outside the locker room, I was sitting there as Kyrie saying, yeah, I don't know why we double, didn't double team him. And all of us, you know, holding out our recorders, we're like, is <laughs> you, are you hearing this? Every once in a while, a player will say something and everybody in the room knows, like, oh, wow. This was also the year that Kyrie said, out of nowhere, yeah, I called LeBron. I told him, like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I get, I get like leading is not that all that easy, which is such a kind of backhanded douchey thing to say, because now he, first of all, he puts himself on the bronze level and he's, he's slapping everyone in that locker room in the face by saying, yeah, man, I called LeBron to tell him I have, I'm having a hard time leading these guys too. Like what? So that was, I'm sure, I'm sure that Brad wanted to do things differently. I cannot confirm this, but I firmly believe this, that Danny was in that, look, we need to sign, re-sign Kyrie. We need to make sure we bring him back. This is the key to winning a championship moving forward. And Brad's like, uh, he's screwing everything up. I need to do something. And And Danny's like, just... Just give it a little time. Let's just get through it. Let's just resign it, and then we can figure it out. I fully, wholeheartedly believe that at some level of that kind of conversation transpired between those two. Yeah, so that didn't go well. <laughs> we know that already. Uh, Going to get into the next parts, part six and seven. So that will wrap up our deep dive into the Brad Stevens era. Part six is on Wednesday, and we'll get into the aftermath of this season and Kyrie leaving after this season and and just what went down, Brad Stevens' reaction to that. Uh, It's an interesting kind of change for Brad Stevens post-Kyrie. 
So we'll talk about that in the next couple of episodes. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. I do appreciate those of you who have already subscribed uh, and share the podcast, whether you want to tell people to listen to the podcast or watch it on YouTube. I'd appreciate you if you shared it with your friends, your family, whomever, and told them that they need to be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.